Hey guys, so this is future Adriana editing this podcast, preparing to post it. Um, But I just wanted to come on and make the disclaimer that later on in the episode, I do mention Hispanic people. However, I do feel that they are probably more properly identified as Latinx folks. Um, So yeah, just wanted to clarify that before we get started. Hope you enjoy the episode. friends welcome to the first mother freaking episode of organic with og adriana a podcast which is also a black ass discussion exploring the intersection of authenticity mindful consumption and radical healing guys what the hell is up i'm not gonna lie i'm kind of nervous even though i am literally sitting here by myself in a closet that I have perfectly curated to have these conversations at least for the moment we're gonna see how this works oh but yes I am Adriana aka OG Adriana this being the first episode I am kind of testing out segments I'm testing out like the order I'm testing out different things that work and weeding out different things that don't work so y'all bear with me um i do want to first of all just thank everyone for listening if you are listening um i hope that you keep on listening because i don't want to just be out here y'all don't have me out here as my girl jade of all jade says don't have me out here so i i really appreciate everybody for you know, taking the time to hear my voice, taking the time to listen to my perspectives on things, taking the time to just, I don't know, be here. So yeah, I guess we can get right into it. So the first segment is typically going to be like a recap of what has gone on in my life since the previous episode since there is no previous episode to refer to um I am yeah just gonna introduce myself allow me to reintroduce myself gosh dang my name is Dree D to the R-I not really. I actually hate that nickname. I always have. So if you listen to this and that's what you call me, like my nigga, call me Adriana or something. But anyways, <laughs> so yeah, my name is Adriana, um, AKA OG Adriana. <clears throat> I, maybe we should start with like a backstory of why I have even adopted this internet moniker of OG Adriana it's not even like an internet thing like y'all I really do be feeling like the OG but kind of to start where the actual nickname came from so if you do not know this about me get to know this about me because I will probably refer to this a lot but I worked in the service industry for a very long time and I mean in the grand scheme of how big this planet is and how vast this universe is I guess it's not a long amount of time but y'all I worked in the service industry for six years of my life 
y'all <laughs> in a very high paced environment. I worked in an international airport. I worked for a company that is a huge corporate chain. And I don't know, I worked with a lot of different people. Like granted, the people that I met working in this airport environment are people who from all different walks of life, there's people that have been working in that airport for 20 plus years. There's people that have been working in that motherfucking airport who have met their spouses, who have put their cousins, aunties, father-in-laws on inside of that airport. So that is, it is just a community in itself, to be honest. But um, in the service industry, as a lot of other people who have worked in the service industry probably know, um, there's a lot of drugs, there's a lot of alcohol, there's a lot of partying, um, there's a lot of, you know, niggas with boisterous personalities, there's a lot of people that are just like really fucked up in life, but who have mastered the art of swindling, aka they're able to get tipped, get paid, and I mean, y'all, we were making amazing money, so it was just... I don't know. It was an all around toxic environment, but I started to notice, um, that the people around me and the people who I was choosing to befriend and, you know, develop relationships outside of work. Um, these people were very broken and these people were very, and at the time when I first entered this environment was the lowest time of my life. So I kind of fit in that way because I can relate, you know, um, however, not to be vain, um, because I'm not a vain person at all, but I just truly, truly, I don't know. I'll be knowing shit and I am a very intelligent person. Like I literally just be knowing, but anywho, <laughs> see, I'm y'all, this is why I needed a podcast so I can fucking ramble and make niggas listen to my rambles, goddamn now. But so anyways, I was just surrounded by a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of people who were just toxic humans who had a lot of fucking issues, who coped with their issues with substances and self-medicated with shit that I would never trust or I would never touch um, on my own accord, you know? Um, so yeah, in seeing this, and these people also realizing that I was this safe space for them to discuss their problems, maybe give advice, you know, offer up my opinion on their situation. I don't know. I just kind of developed the sense of self-awareness that transcends, that is able to reach people, you know, like people who are willing to listen and to receive it. Y'all, if you get to sit in a room with me and we really get to talking that shit, like... I don't know, for whatever reason, people kind of resonate with things that I say um, or things that I say resonate with people rather, you know? So yeah, I just started calling myself OG. Um, when I was slowly plotting to get out of the service industry at this particular restaurant chain, <clears throat> you know, I was just, I would do like little belligerent shit. I would just go write OG Adriana all over the place. I, I tagged up the restaurant with OG Adriana, you know, so people knew, first of all, not to come on me with no restaurant bullshit because anyone who has worked in the service industry knows the bullshit that is working in the in the service industry when it comes to um, coworkers and other employees and stuff. Um, but also just, I don't know, just kind of, just 
me developing this personality and kind of really falling into, I don't know, being an OG. I, though I named myself this, um, I think I get respect where it is due and I feel like people, I don't know, they just know what it is, but uh, that is the reason I even call myself OG Adriana. But to the core, um, my name is Adriana. I am from Austin, Texas. I was born and raised. I do understand that I'm a rare breed of people. Um, my family, four generations, have been born and raised in Austin, Texas, much like many of the brown people. And by brown, I mean us black folk who um, are from Austin. You know, our people have been here. Our people have made and tended to this land. But anywho, Yes, I'm black. I'm from Austin. I am a healer. I am healing constantly. I am a lover of nature and plants. Getting it done so I can offer my peeps some movement therapy. Um, I am um, I am a music purist. Um, and my ultimate goal, well, one of my biggest goals in life is to work in the music industry um whether it be having cool conversations with people that I look up to in the music industry and people that I'm am curious to pick their brains in the music industry or um whether it be being an A&R and finding talent developing talent promoting talent you know um whether it be being an artist, y'all, you never know what can happen. You never know. But so I'm putting this out there. I do want to work in the music industry. Um, but that being said, yeah, I am a music purist. Was trained at a very young age by my beloved grandfather to listen to sounds of music and instrumentation. I love vocals. I love niggas that can, that love playing with their voice. I, I love music. Um... I am the co-owner of Hill Country Hoodoo, a hoodoo medicine for us by us pharmacy. And that is F-A-R-M and not P-H because we don't fuck with the, we don't fuck with the big pharma at all. But no, I guess that's enough about me. I'm sure I'm going to talk a lot. So you guys will learn a lot about me in the weeks, months, years to come. I am hoping, I'm manifesting huge, huge things for this podcast. All right. So, um, moving right along. Um, the next segment is, or the next segment as of now is going to be things I'm currently ingesting where I talk about and just kind of share my business of all the things that I am ingesting physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, all the things that are coming into my realm that are that I'm putting into my body through the many avenues in which you can put things into your body. Y'all, these are the things I'm ingesting. Um, so as far as food goes, all right, friends. So I do not know what this is. I am not positive what is going on at all, but I have been craving grapefruit. I have been eating two, three, four grapefruit a day. I have been tearing up five pound bags of grapefruit here and there. Like literally I've probably had, I don't know. That's really the only thing different that I've really been 
ingesting. I mean, I guess y'all don't know my whole life story before this podcast, but um, yeah, that just kind of stuck out to me. So to be determined, I will figure out why I have this craving, but grapefruit, I'm eating so much mother effing grapefruit. Ooh, so as far as the media, I've been watching a lot of A Different World on Amazon Prime. I don't know. I've just been kind of like revisiting all these episodes that I have seen, you know, at some point or another of my life. But yeah, if I'm not watching A Different World, I watch Girlfriends on Netflix. <laughs> um, and if I'm not watching that, I'm either watching some random documentary as of late. I've been watching a lot of documentaries about our medicine as black folk, a lot of hoodoo, a lot of um, African-American slave narrative type thing. But if I'm not watching old black shows, if I'm not watching documentaries, then I'm more than likely watching YouTube. Now on YouTube, um, I watch really random stuff you know um I do watch people um I do have the people that I subscribe to that I watch but literally if y'all would if y'all were to look at my YouTube subscriptions they're all over the place I really need to clean them out because there's people that don't make videos anymore there's people that you know I haven't personally been into watching in years um but yeah, y'all, I love me some YouTube. I've been an OG YouTuber. I used to show niggas music on YouTube and like different singers on YouTube when no one was watching YouTube, you know, before monetization, before all of that, you know. Um, by the way, rest in peace to Leah LaBelle. <sighs> Just a little moment of silence for my girl. Yeah, she was one of the OG YouTubers that I used to watch way, way back in the day. But anyways, as of late on YouTube, I am watching Emmy Made in Japan. She's my girl. She is all about the food, child. She be eating everything. She got the she got a stomach made of steel. Um, so yeah, I watch her. I watch lots of vlogs. I watch lots of interviews, media. You know, obviously, Breakfast Club, uh, motherfucking Ebro, Hot ninety seven. You know, all the things. Um, by the way, I have a I have a crush on Ebro Darden, and that is so embarrassing for me. But friends, <laughs> all right, all right. Besides media, um, books. Right now, I'm not even honestly reading any books except for the Sutras of Patanjali. I'm fine pronouncing his name wrong. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, I'm reading that for yoga teacher training, and I am also reading the little book that comes with the Hoodoo Tarot. Um, deck. I will insert her name maybe because I don't have the deck right in front of me, but yeah, I've been trying to get familiar with the tarot through this particular deck, um, of tarot. Now I have never owned a pair of tarot cards before. I have tried to be very, very respectful when diving into tarot. I did not feel called to it. Um, but as of late I have, and (sighs) what a better I don't know what a better deck this is the most beautiful tarot deck that I've ever seen on the internet or anything it is just black as hell it is black American as hell it's it's so hoodoo man it's beautiful so yeah I've been like really reading and studying 
you know, the tarot through the eyes of this author and the eyes of hoodoo, you know, because I am very, very rooted in this shit, y'all. It's some bloodline tings for real. Um, and I've all, oh, and I also got a subscription to JSTOR, which I always call just store, but I feel like it's probably an acronym that I don't know, but yeah, I recently got a subscription to them during COVID. They are allowed or since COVID happened, they are allowing niggas to get a hundred free articles. And these are like peer reviewed articles. And for anybody who is a research buff as myself, super nerdy for no goddamn reason, you know, um, I think that is a very, very good resource to have access to these peer-reviewed journals, to these research studies that have lasted for years. But um, yeah, as far as like reading, that is what I've been doing. Um, I have been drinking a lot of chai, but I've been adding cinnamon and nutmeg, which is definitely a new thing for me. I used to only do cinnamon, but... Um, Kirby Lane, which is a restaurant in Austin. If you are familiar with the Austin area or if you live here, um, you're probably familiar with Kirby Lane. But yeah, they put nutmeg in their chai and I just fell in love with it. So every time I make chai, I always put some cinnamon and nutmeg in it. And then I also, I don't know, I'm obsessed with oat milk. Oat milk is the best creamer, period. Oh, and I've also been drinking tea, a lot of tea, like lemony tea. I don't know. I either have to have like a big squeeze of lemon or like a huge amount of key limes in my tea. Yeah, with ginger. And that kind of brings me to my next thing that I've been ingesting, my supplements. I have been taking ashwagandha lately. So um, I've known about ashwagandha for a very long time. I've known about, you know, it's help with brain function and things like that. However, my beautiful sister, Danny B, who y'all will probably hear on this podcast very soon, sooner than later. And I really do see an improvement, you know, in my brain function and in my mood, you know, um, anyone, for anyone who does not know, I recently moved back to Austin from the city that I went to college in and it has been kind of hard like a hard transition in the sense that although I manifested this transition and although I know for a fact that my body needs to be in Austin um I don't know I'm still adjusting it's been I don't know. It's been a very interesting ride so far. I'm very grateful. I'm so thankful to be here. But um, yeah, I'm just adjusting. So the ashwagandha, I feel like has really, really helped improve my mood seriously. Oh, yeah. Last but not least, um, as far as things that I am currently ingesting, music. So I actually do have a Spotify playlist. You can go follow me at Lack, L-A-C, love l-o-v-e eight two nine oh and i'll link that somewhere in the show description but yeah you can go follow me on spotify i have a playlist called currently or that i'm updating kind of all the time you know with songs that i'm listening to i'm filtering it in and out just based on my current mood so if you want to know exactly what i'm listening to the most currently you can go check that playlist out but the two artists that I'm listening to the most right now um, are Jasmine Sullivan. Hotels is so good. Um, 
anyone who really knows me knows that Jasmine Sullivan is my personal favorite vocalist of all times. Now, this is gonna, I guess, say leave room for debate. That is not me saying that I feel like she is the best quote unquote vocalist of all time. But Jazz, if I could wake up and have the voice of Jasmine motherfucking Sullivan, um, I don't know, that would be a blessing. But I got my own voice, you know, I, got, I can hold a tune or two. I'm thankful, you know, God gave me the gifts that I was given by God. Um, however, Jasmine Sullivan has is my personal favorite vocalist of all time. Just the, the things that she does with her voice, the fact that she does not put limits on herself as it pertains to her voice, that just, oof, y'all. I love me some motherfucking Jasmine. Um, so yeah, I've been listening to Hotels. Um, my favorite song on Hotels is I Do, I Love Bodies, the intro. Ugh, it's just so cool. Also, like Girl Like Me, I think that's what it's called with her. Um, ooh, on it is just that shit's so good. Um, put it down just a vibe. Honestly, yeah, that whole thing is just a vibe. I really love that album. Um <laughs> Somebody actually told me that the album reminded me of, or reminded them of me. And it's so crazy because I literally thought of my younger self and I was like, dog, I, I I was out here like for real, for real, but out here in a very self-respecting way, in my opinion. But at the same time, like looking back, like my nigga, I will never never ever 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 grace your presence <laughs> with this pussy but anyway so i have also oh i've been listening to the keisha cole and ashanti's verses mixtape or not mixtape but playlist um which is very very good i for whatever reason forgot that ashanti was the beast that she is po baby don't got the pitch but she got the hits <laughs> like literally um break up to makeup i am still floored i cannot believe she played that song during the verses i was so happy that's like my favorite ashanti album cut period um and then don't let them dog that was my shit but so i've been listening to that playlist a lot man keisha cole you completely Man, she got some hits too. But anyways, I've listened to that playlist a lot. Um, but I have also been listening to my girl, Alex Isley. I would not be surprised if during the month of January, I have the highest Alex Isley listens of anybody else. Because I've been listening to this woman's discography. Um, her voice, she is also one of my favorite vo vocalists. Um it's just so beautiful and you know she oof, child thinking about it just makes me just go into this super super state of just relaxation and Alex Isley is I don't know that's my girl if y'all don't know just go look it up but the particular song that I've been loving currently um that I have revisited is the other side um from her project I'm not even going to say what it's called, but because I can't say right now, I don't remember. But yeah, the other side, that's been my shit. And yeah, as far as music, that's kind of all. So yeah, those are all the things that I've been currently ingesting. Um, again, this is going to be a weekly segment where I just talk about the things that I've been eating and drinking and shit, you know. 
gave y'all all my business for no reason. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's get into the bulky stuff, friends. All right, so this next segment is called the topic of the week. Um, I haven't figured out a cool enough name for it. So if anyone has suggestions, please DM me or you can email us at organicwithog at gmail.com. Um, yeah, with any suggestions on topics or even what to name this segment. But yes, so the topic of the week this week is decolonization. So I 1000% thought that it was very worth it to discuss decolonization as the like in this first episode, like honestly, as I said in the trailer, decolonization, decolonizing my mind, my life, my city, this planet is one of the reasons that I know I was called to this earth in this body. Um, so yeah. And as, as the topic of decolonization is as where the topic of decolonization is concerned, that is a huge, huge, huge portion of this podcast. Like we having black ass discussions about everything, period. It's diaspora, period. I don't care. Like I, our medicines, our entertainment, our culture is very valid and very important. And it's something that, you know, I've had to fight through. I've had to fight to get to this place where I love being black. And that being said, it is very, very necessary to remove these colonial systems from our mind and the trauma of colonialism we have to remove that and we have to heal from that because it's some bullshit and it shows up in our everyday life but anyway that being said um i first just like to talk about what is colonialism because obviously the opposite of decolonization is colonization so um it is very important for us to discuss what the hell is colonialism period what does it mean to be a colonizer goddamn all right so first off i'm going to define colonialism just by the basic webster's dictionary you know definition so Colonialism is defined as the policy of acquiring full or partial control over another country, occupying it with settlers and exploiting it economically. Um, another researcher named Kyle White described colonialism as a form of domination that violently disrupts human relationships with the environment. Um, which he also goes on to explain that violence to the earth and violence between humans are connected. So <clears throat> basically colonialism is these weird ass white people came and came to various places around the world and just decided, Hey, this is ours. So we are about to take this shit over. Y'all can either agree Y'all can either do this the easy way or the hard way. The choice is yours. 
And yeah, we about to take over the shit. We about to develop your land, take your resources, you know, give up all of y'all spiritual principles, um, replace it with ours because we are superior and the white God is in control and in power, you know? And yeah, that's just that. It's ours now. So that is basically colonialism in a nutshell. So there are in history there are two great waves of colonialism that people normally consider so the first was the 15th century colonialism period which was also called europe's age of discovery um these this is probably what most people think of as colonialism you know when this weird ass italian nigga christopher columbus decided to go and acquire some land and things for spain um yeah he came to north and south america and the caribbean and brought his peeps and yeah basically forced religion forced ugly ass language stole the land literally and brutally from indigenous peoples that were here brought brown-skinned people from all over the place this is very very widely debated and talked about but brought some brown people from the continent of africa over to this place created prisoners of war i actually do not like using the word slavery because these people were literally prisoners of war um and yeah so we all kind of know that 15th century age of discovery period um which like mostly had to do with europe and coming over and taking the lands that we now consider the americas again this this the european settled or sorry the french settled in africa the the bell people from belgium fucked off congo um you know there's a whole like a lot of countries most countries in Africa, if I'm not mistaken, do have their sovereignty at this point. However, the lasting effects of that 19th century century colonialism period that happened really fucked it up because what a lot of people don't understand is that when these white people came out, they lit or when these white people came in and stole these lands, they literally stole resources. They stole people they raped our women they raped women they broke apart families they really created this environment that would not be able to thrive without them and when they finally bounced they bounced and left these countries as some of the most economically disturbed countries you know that exist um, and the same is true for the hoods in america like whew. but anyway <laughs> um a part of that 19th century wave of colonialism um, was also the colonialism that was happening on the United on the United States soil. One that stands out is the is Andrew Jackson's 1930 Indian Removal Act, which basically forced these Native people. <laughs> Who, uh, it is still just amazing how these white niggas decided to call these people who are inhabiting this land Indians because they didn't know any better. But that is neither here nor there. Actually, it is here and there. Y'all, these people, colonizers, nah, they're trash. But 
Yeah, so basically Andrew Jackson's 1830 Indian Removal Act called for the removal of native peoples from their lands. They were pushed to the West. A lot of people died. People walked on foot over 4,000 miles. The Cherokee specifically in 1838 were forced West and they went on a path which is now called the Trail or which is now known as the Trail of Tears because so many people died. So many people were harmed. So many people were displaced from their families. And that is all a result of these weird ass white niggas being like, hey, I want that. I got that. That's mine. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. Shout out to my boy Fleece Johnson, y'all. A legend. <sighs> so many quotes in Ting. But that's, that really is neither here nor there. So yeah, now I just kind of want to talk about a little bit about how colonialism continues to manifest, right? So one of and I mentioned this earlier a little bit earlier one of the most profound ways that colonialism continues to manifest is that the European exploitation of indigenous people and resources has caused former European colonies to be some of the poorest countries in the world meaning like I said earlier oh yeah we gonna suck these people and we're gonna suck these people dry completely of their resources of their mental health of their familial structure and then we gonna dip and let these let them fend for themselves without anything without anything any sense of who they were before us but yeah we about to dip and fuck them just leave them so that is very 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 similar to <clears throat> oh so basically um the, this idea, an example of that European exploitation um, are the people that are living on reservations. Technically, the the reservations in the United States um, are these closed systems, are these closed sacred lands that these white people have created boundaries for. And basically, people that are living on reservations do not have the help and the resources from the outs that were stolen from them. And so the second wave of colonialism that happened that a lot of people refer to historically is the 19th century colonialism in Africa. So basically the colonizers went into Africa. These are colonizers again from Europe. Um, they went into Africa and basically they split up this land like a pie these niggas were like oh so these are this is my space i'm gonna have these boundaries this is my space i'm gonna have these boundaries um whether it be them not having access to clean water um resources whether or not be them having access to health care to mental health care you know um whether it be them not having access to indigenous medicines because people have exploited them for profit, you know? Um, and the same situation does apply to low income neighborhoods. The hood is truly the hood. The hood is where food deserts exist. Like how is it that there are, there's a Jack in the box, there's a Taco Bell, there's motherfucking McDonald's in the hood, but you can't find whole foods there. The produce at the grocery store is not only not very good and nutritious, however, it, 
or but also it is literally more expensive than it would be to buy those same fruits and vegetables that same produce in white neighborhoods you know um we are plagued with crime we are plagued with just living in a close proximity to each other um we are plagued with our schools not getting a lot of resources, you know, but we're also plagued with getting pushed out of our homes. Gentrification is very real and it is a concept that is likely not going anywhere until we all get financially sound, until we all learn the game and flip it on them. Because honestly, gentrification is causing people to move out of their neighborhoods that their ancestors built. So these weird ass white people can have high rises and coffee shops and be hippies and, you know, live this free ass life without attention to black people. So it is, I mentioned that, you know, because colonialism has the rep of stealing land, exploiting, exploiting resources, exploiting people, you know, to make a profit. You know, it is all tied into capitalism. It is all tied into colonialism. It is all tied into white supremacy, white supremacy, because I promise you the brown people of this world, the indigenous people of this world ain't trying to steal nobody else's shit. Like we are literally trying to live harmoniously as our ancestors have. You know, the greed, the art of master manipulation, that is, those two things are very inherently white ideals. I don't care and you cannot sway my mind on this. Capitalism is white. Capitalism, the system of capitalism is very white and it is very exploitive and it is very manipulative. You know, like we are, these corporations are literally, literally standing on the backs of the poor, the working class, like there's no reason for this nigga Jeff Bezos to be the richest man on the planet, but his employees still working in horrible condition without, without any type of hazard pay. It's a whole ass panorama out here, like literally. So <sighs> that is how colonialism continues to manifest. All right, so a lot of the research that I was doing about colonialism tied back to the indigenous people of America, the indigenous people of Africa. Um, however, something that I was very, very curious about is just some research that has been done on how colonialism has affected the black community specifically. Um, so there's actually a quote by Frederick Douglass who says, shame upon the guilty wrenches that dare propose and all and all that countenance such a proposition. We live here, we have lived here. We have a right to live here and mean to live here. Um, and yes, yeah, so that was written after, I forget the exact person, but it was proposed that we go and live, um, that us brown people go back to Africa. Um, and I get it, like y'all niggas trying to ship us back, but at the same time, like, no, like many of us are indigenous to this land. Black Americans are indigenous to this land. We are a very, very specific people. Our medicines lie in this land, you know? So, um, to be pushed out that way, um, I don't know. It's very gross. Um, some ways that the colonialism has affected the black community that we are seeing today, police violence, um, 
first of all, we all know what's going on with the police, right? Like we all, it's just no secret. These niggas are literally playing cops and robbers because they asses used to get beat up as kids. So they decide to go play cops and robbers and they want to be the hero and save the day for they white brethren. <laughs> like literally police violence is ridiculous. Um, we all know how crooked and corrupt the policing system is. We all know that these niggas are not out here to protect us. However, they are there to get a paycheck, but to also flex their ego and flex their cute little guns um, to invoke fear. We all know that these niggas are making way too much motherfucking that these niggas are getting funded with way more money than they actually need. There's no reason for cops to be driving around in chargers. There's no reason for these niggas to have souped up motherfucking exp Florida explorers. Like there's no reason for these police officers to have as much leverage as they do. However, they do because the system supports them. And of course, guess where they love hanging out? They love hanging out in the hood. They love hanging out where they've created this environment for people to bend their dumbass rules. Like they love it. Um, so yes, police violence is a way that colonialism does affect the black community. I talked about this before. Food deserts is the way that colonialism affects the black community because these people have decided to give us this idea right that wellness is inherently white that fed, fed us this idea that you know black and brown people y'all ain't made to eat fruit and vegetables y'all niggas supposed to be eating fried foods y'all niggas supposed to be eating dollar cheeseburgers and all this stuff so there's a lack of grocery stores in our neighborhoods there's a lack of resources to get full whole foods in our neighborhood not the store whole foods but actually whole living foods there's just none of that is invested into our community you know so that causes a true true disturbance because y'all we are what we eat and i talk about this a lot you know changing the way that i eat and the way that i perceive food has really really been very transformative in my life so they have found the way to really really nip or to really, really hit us at our core, right? Our basic needs of food and security. They have found a way to tamper with that so that we can forever stay in this place so that they can forever manipulate our spaces and our lands. That's why it's so easy for, you know, little little high-rise apartments to be here, little coffee shops to be placed strategically within the hood for them to take random abandoned fields and put huge corporations, you know, it is very very easy to do that when we're not living our best when we have been deprived of our basic needs seriously oh another way that colonialism has affected the black community um is religion y'all fam it is no secret that these white people brought us their religion it is no secret that the religious institution of Christianity and Catholicism was forced upon the brown communities of the world. We, it is no secret, y'all. Our ancestors were talking to dead folks. Our ancestors were using plants. Our, our ancestors were 
paying attention to moon cycles. Our ancestors were really out here on some real spiritual things, you know? However, those things have been taken away from us. Those things have been demonized, right? Those things have been, we've been shamed for practice our ancestral spiritual rituals and routines you know because these because the colonizers brought us their religion and they said this is the way literally we are going to take out the spirituality of the world and we are going to give you a set of laws and we are going to perpetrate this or we're going to perpetuate this idea of good and evil, this really, really black and white way of looking. We are going to tell y'all that God is super small and only cares about when you fuck up. And we are just taught a lot of things. And unfortunately, because spirituality is something that is inherently in us, we are all spiritual beings. Um, you know, we, we have gravitated towards religion and we have really, really suffered because of that. Okay. The way I see it, right? Religion is the way to capitalize off of spirituality. Spirituality again is very natural. We are inherently spiritual beings, period. Like there's no question about that, right? Um, religion is just the way to capitalize on those things. The same way that college is the way to capitalize in the school system, the same way that college and the school system, the public school system is the way to capitalize on education, which is also free. And we are inherently people that seek knowledge, you know, the same way that the medical industry has found a way and big pharma has found a way to capitalize on wellness. When we literally have been taught, when literally this earth has given us everything that we need to care for our bodies. Now, that's not to say that the technological advancements of different imaging devices and things are invalid because they are not. I am all for technology. However, again, like I said, big pharma, the way the medical industry is set up, the system of the medical industry is a capitalist system that is used to capitalize on something that is free and is our God-given birthright, our wellness, you know? Um, so colonialism has also affected the black community by, you know, telling us that we wrong. And it's kind of been this weird mindset or it's kind of been a weird ass mind fuck because in the same breath of telling us that we are inferior and that the white people are superior and that we are not worthy and of health, of love, of certain of ownership, you know, the way that we are able or the way that they have told us that is just such a mind fuck because in the same breath, these niggas will bend over backwards to be like us. They bend over backwards to hear our secrets. Like there's no reason hip hop is an inherently underground culture. The culture of hip hop is an underground thing. There is no reason for hip hop to be in the forefront as the way, in the way that it is. 
in the way that it is. There are the tick from the TikTok dances to the extreme just oversaturation of these hip hop influences such as like twerking. Simple things like twerking, you know, wearing chains, you know, being being gaudy, you know, dancing, goddamn, like the way that these things have been has been just exploited is such a mindfuck because these people want to be us so bad. The world does not thrive without black culture. I'm sorry, it does not. Us black Americans, us indigenous blacks, you know, like the we are a special, special group of people and the world does not thrive without us. The world does not thrive without the diaspora. The world does not thrive without Afrobeat. The world does not thrive without Caribbean culture. Like, I'm sorry, like Europeans are born as hell. They're born as hell. Like, I'm I'm really, really sorry. Like, these niggas be eating unseasoned potatoes drenched in milk. Like, I'm sorry y'all don't got the seasoning. But it is such a mindfuck in that these people are still in power. These people still have the power over the entire planet. And they still make us believe that we are not good enough, that our skin is not beautiful enough. But they get lip injections and they tan and BBLs are a thing that white women have been doing for a very, very long time. Um, You know, like, so, yeah, it's just very, very frustrating. Very, very, very frustrating. So um, before I wrap up this segment, I just kind of wanted to give some examples of how colonialism has personally affected me and then... Uh, I'm going to talk about ways to decolonize your motherfucking life because that is the mission. We need to take these white systems out of everything we do in order for us to really, really thrive. Um, And that goes for my white folks too. Like y'all need to really, really get with your kinfolk and talk about ways to dismantle white supremacy. If you're really about that life, you really need to be having these conversations and you really, really need to be thinking about ways um, that you can work to dismantle the shit that your people have created. Um, But yeah, first, some personal examples of how colonialism has affected me is, first of all, first and foremost, the thing that sticks out to me the most is growing up obsessing over whiteness slash proximity to whiteness. Um, Yeah, I, I can fully admit this. This is something that I've actually been very insecure about you know, kind of my whole life. But yeah, I grew up indulging in white entertainment, although I obviously grew up in a black household. And we obviously did have black entertainment, you know, in flow, I was very intrigued by white entertainment. Y'all I was watching cooking shows, I was watching wedding shows, I was watching all these things that were very, very, very inherently white. Right. Um, So by the time I got to middle school, you know, that is kind of when this idea of me not being comfortable in my own skin kind of happened. Right. Um, Everyone around me was Hispanic. Every like white Hispanic. I do not know one. Well, I won't say I do not know one, but for the for the most part, the majority of people that I went to middle school with are white Hispanics who have talked about our hair who have talked about our lips who have talked about our flamboyance you know who have 
who during that time at least really really worked to perpetuate this narrative that proximity to whiteness is superior to blackness of any kind right um so seeing that and noticing that you know noticing you know that all the boys love these cool ass Hispanic girls you know like knowing that you know oh yeah like I really am the majority in this situation you know I grew I kind of became obsessed and I became very very hyper aware of the way that the ways that I was presenting my blackness and I tried to tone it down a lot all the time literally all the fucking time because I was surrounded by these people who I viewed as these beautiful people um they all had cool ass families they didn't live in the hood like I did you know they didn't deal with certain familial traumas and shit that I did at least on the surface you know so um, I wanted to be these motherfuckers like dog. I was pretty fluent in Spanish or I'm a pretty intermediate Spanish speaker because I really gravitated toward that towards that language. Um, I really bonded with my Spanish teacher because um, I just felt like she understood me. One of my very best friends um, during that time period, like my one of my first friends during that time period is a, is a Hispanic woman. Um, but I remember just, you know, feeling so sad and depressed, you know, that I was not her, you know, like just to be completely fucking honest. And if you're listening to this, I feel like you will definitely know who you are. Um, however, yeah, I wanted to be her like to the point where like I'd copy her fucking handwriting. I'd, you know, <clears throat> I'd, I was just like very, very obsessed with her brain and I love this person and I attach myself to this person you know in an emotional way because I I wanted to know what it was like to be this beautiful ass Hispanic person who had it all at that time you know so I was just very very affected you know by being black in a situation where not many people around me were black you know and i was often rejected by the people who were black because i had a certain accent i the quote unquote proper talking which i don't like that narrative at all but it was something i was very insecure about you know so um a lot of times i was rejected by black people because i had certain interests you know i was not completely like anybody else you know I didn't quite fit in and I still don't fit in you know with a lot of different people but at the time you know it just really affected me it it took me a very very long time to love the skin that I'm in I honestly didn't even start saying the word nigga until I was in a relationship with my son's dad <laughs> like honestly and I've kind of held on to that word because y'all I spent so much of my life feeling ashamed to even say the word nigga to literally express my express express like camaraderie you know with my other people in that way because I just did not feel connected to being a nigga but now like dog you can't shut me up like and I know that it is problematic for some to use that specific word in that specific language, but my nigga, I'm, I can say what I want. <laughs> so yeah, it just took me um, a very long time to feel comfortable in my blackness, you know, for a very long time. I, 
I don't know. I just was not the human that I wanted to be in regards to my skin, you know. But I'm good now. This melanin popping. Like, I'm having black kids. I, all black, everything over here, goddamn. <laughs> so another way that colonialism has personally affected me is code switching. So this is something that I've been very conscious about lately. Um, I don't want to pres, but I do understand that code switching has definitely, definitely been a, <clears throat> a survival mechanism for my people. Like I, there were situations where I would literally sound like Becky from motherfucking Beverly Hills at times, you know, just so I could fit in just so I wouldn't, these niggas wouldn't hear the vibrato on my voice and feel threatened, you know, just so I wasn't, you know, perceived as quote unquote ghetto or hood. But so I've tried to make a conscious decision of not code switching, just literally using my plain voice in all situations. Um, because yeah, I'm not trying to protect your comfort. I It's not my responsibility to make y'all weird ass white people comfortable. Like it's not, it's nobody's responsibility, first of all, to make anybody comfortable and coddle someone else's needs. So if you are threatened by the way that I speak, I am motherfucking sorry because I am. But yeah, I code switching has definitely um, been an effect of colonialism that has directly impacted my life. Um, so yeah, um, another example of how colonialism has affected me um, was just, yeah, just kind of feeling isolated from black people, you know, further isolating myself from black people because I didn't realize that it was okay and acceptable to appreciate all forms of blackness. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be this weird ass girl who sits in her room and compulsively researches things for hours. And it's okay to be this black person out there popping pussy in the middle of the motherfucking street. Like, it is okay to for blackness to be. It is okay. And it is very, very necessary, in my opinion, for black people to really stick together. But um, I, I remember just feeling very, very disconnected from black people. Um, and I definitely isolated myself. Whew. All right, so... The last reason I, <laughs> that stands out, and it's kind of funny to me now, but the last um, example of how colonialism has affected me is wearing weave. I did not, I was so opposed and against wearing weave as a kid. Like I did not want to feel quote unquote ghetto. I did not, I thought I just was not into it. Um, but I, But as I've unpacked the trauma that has surrounded me, the trauma of colonization that really has plagued my life you know dog I'm trying to get I'm wearing all the weave I don't care <laughs> now nah, but yeah that that is just something that as a result of colonialism and white supremacy I just kind of developed okay last but not least some ways to decolonize your life friends so first of all we can decolonize our lives by taking back ancestral medicine now this is very very important to me as i am an alchemist i am a medicine maker the gift of baking medicines at home from natural ingredients has kind of been passed on to me from my grandmother who is p 
peak hoodoo bible lady rest her little cute ass soul um so yeah i think just taking back our ancestral medicines working with plants you know literally leaning on these plants of our lands that were given to us you know um really really just being mindful of things that we are putting in our body as it pertains to wellness and medicine eating very very good foods that come from these lands you know so taking back our ancestral medicines is a thousand percent a way to decolonize your life um so food getting connected with ancestral foods is very very important um i think eating the way that our ancestors ate is very important and when i say ancestors i mean let's take it back okay let's look at the ways that these prisoners of war were really eating they meat was used as a seasoning right meat was used as a side but these people had these heavy heavy plant-based diets these people were people of the land even when we were free and we got liberation from chattel slavery people who are gay people who are trans people who are not specific who are not perfect in this religious perfection way you know so just really finding spirituality outside of religion i feel like is a very very important step in decolonizing your life because once you get connected with spirit aka you your spirit um i don't know i think just religion starts to make so much more sense at least for me um taking the religion out of spirituality and taking religion out of the way i perceive god and i perceive myself in connection with god Ooh, y'all there's nothing like that man it's nothing like it's nothing like that um and that has been very very healing for me um when it comes to decolonization another way to decolonize your life and this kind of goes back to the wellness and our ancestral medicine we have to understand that mental health is not a white concept again mental health is not a white concept it is every human's birthright to heal period to heal traumas of their child of their past to heal the traumas that they are dealing with now and to be able to navigate the traumas that they may see in the future it is our birth it is our birthright period the concept of caring for our mental health um, as being a white concept is we have to throw that mindset out like we have to so in order to really really deal with the traumas that we have we have to stop looking at these things as white concepts like I'm sorry decolonize that portion of your brain that has led you to believe that mental health care is not for you if you are black if you are a person of color the the shit your your mama told you is wrong the shit your grandma told you your great auntie told you like all that's wrong <laughs> so just take that out of your brain fam like literally like healing period um, mental health is not a white concept okay so another way to decolonize your life is to be anti-capitalist capitalism is a system it is an oppressive system no matter which way you flip it the 
the institution that is capitalism will always harm people that are beneath you. So whether that be adapting, whether that be buying black, you know, really, really pouring into the ecosystems of other black folk, of other people of color, you know, small businesses, even if they're not people of color, just really, really putting, investing your money, moving your money around where moving your money around in a way that it benefits an ecosystem that is not this big ass beast of capitalism of capitalism because the more we do that shit y'all the more that we are going to move back to a system of harmony among this earth like literally the quote money is the root of all evil like that resonates with me because it is the money it is the greed it is it's just the principle of feeling like you are supposed to have it motherfucking all without the help of anybody else. Like those mindsets are very toxic and very traumatizing. And the, that's not a way to live. I actually had a conversation, right, about capitalism with a person that is very close to me that I love so, so much. But fam, this nigga had the nerve the motherfucking audacity to tell me that because I do not agree with capitalism and the system that is capitalism that I am too pro-black. Dog, I had checked out of the conversation. I could not even fathom. Like, literally, I checked out. Like, at that point, like, my nigga, I'm looking at you with a side eye. Like, for a very, like, you get the side eye because I cannot trust that. Like, honestly, anti-capitalism is is a way to for real for real decolonize your life because developing and okay and let me say this being anti-capitalist is not being anti-money or anti-wealth however it is being anti the accumulation of wealth standing on somebody else's back like I am here for breaking generational curses where it comes to finances. Um, I am working very, very hard to do that. I am here for accumulating generational wealth. I think that that is a very, very important thing, especially in our community. However, there is a way to be financially free and have a positive financial outlook without being capitalist. Like bartering is so important. Community is so important. Watching out for each other, looking out for your people is very, very important. And I'm not meaning letting niggas take advantage of you, but more so just developing a strong sense of community and ecosystem. It's always 1000% always going to be more important to me than any motherfucking being in a 1%. Like than any like, oh, owning a huge corporation where my um, employees only get paid $15. You know, like it is just so much more worth it. I feel like to build a healthy relationship with finances and with spending and with budgeting outside of the capitalist model and I'm gonna have a whole episode of this so we will talk about capital capitalism for sure but yes being anti-capitalist or being as anti-capitalist 
as possible is a very, very important way to decolonize your life. Um, and that goes to my last point, supporting black ecosystems. Like, dog, it is so important. Support your motherfucking friends. Like, I don't care. Like, the niggas around me, I fucking love them. Shout out to Moonstone Holistic, um, my soul sister of life. Um, shout out to her. I am forever fucking supporting that girl. I am forever supporting Dirty South Bowl. I'm forever supporting Savinity and all the niggas that are in my life. I'm going to forever support these niggas. Like, for real. Like, y'all hold it down. For real, always like I would not be here if it wasn't for certain people, you know, so I cannot foresee myself not supporting them. So, yeah, just supporting black ecosystems like literally. Oh, your person have an event. It, it's COVID safe. Oh, like I, I can pull up real quick. Yes, do that. Like because that just brings attention and awareness and a sense of community listening to my podcast. Y'all, I appreciate everybody who's listening to this because you are supporting um a start of an ecosystem that I am working to build. And I, I really, really appreciate that. You know, sharing things, posting things, pouring your money into things that you know are going to directly, uh, that are going to directly benefit you and the community that you live in and the community that you're a part of. That is super, super important. Um, that brings this segment to an end. Um, I hope I have inspired you to really, really think about colonialism and the ways that it has really, really plagued our society and has really, really affected us. Um, I really hope that this inspires you to think of ways to decolonize your mind and decolonize your life and decolonize the the systems that you live in. Because I promise you, these white people ain't out for ain't out here for us. These systems were made for nobody but they white penis having asses. Honestly, <laughs> like so. Whew, I hope that inspired you. Um, yeah, so I will be back with my last segment. All right, so the last segment, well, I guess the second to last. So the second to last segment of this podcast is called OG Says, where I give you a piece of advice or I talk about something that is going on in media, pop culture, whatever the fuck that comes to my mind, honestly, anything that catches my eye that I feel like I want to share my opinion on, because as you can probably tell by now, I do have a very strong opinion about a lot of goddamn things. I talk too much and annoy myself with my opinions a lot, so I just thought I, I could annoy y'all with my opinion. So yes, this segment is called OG Says, where I talk about something. So this... On this episode of OG Says, looking at us, um, I just want to say that authenticity speaks louder than words. Um, practice showing up as your authentic self above all. Guys, I have seen, or in moving back to Austin, if you have, if you did not know, I recently moved back to the city after 10 years being away. Um, it is very interesting to see how all of my former peers in Ting have grown up and have become adults. But that being said, I've ran into a lot of weirdness. Um, I see a lot of people portraying images online that are not in alignment whatsoever <laughs> with their waking life. Um, I have witnessed people literally just 
say all these things and these facts. Um, and I mean, in this in person, I've seen people literally state all these, these, these facts and these opinions and speak very eloquently about certain things, but literally not practice what they preach. Um, I am, I'm not completely guilty because I do do, I do really, really try to show up as myself in all situations. However, I am guilty of sometimes like having this idea and talking about it and discussing it and being passionate toward it and like really, really preaching about it, but then not practicing that, you know, like y'all, I've been talking about taking ashwagandha for years. I've been talking about, um, you know, getting back into therapy for years but I'm just now starting to implement those things in my life because I have made it an intentional effort to really, really show up as my authentic self, period. And I do understand that in showing up as my, so to kind of go back, like I grew up in an environment where I learned to be very ambivalently attached. Um, shout out to my therapist because we did just talk about this. Um, however, I have formed a very ambivalent attachment style. Um, meaning my mama was on some bullshit. She taught me how to be very emotionally unstable. Um, I was very, I've developed extreme anxiety around people's perceptions of me. Um, I became a people pleaser and I kind of would morph into these different versions of myself in order to satiate people's yeah in order to satiate people's tastes right um however in becoming aware of that i decided to make a really really conscious effort to just show up as myself like if you don't fuck with me you don't fuck with me and that is okay like i am fine i promise like I do not, I no longer hold space for other people's judgment of me. I really don't even hold space for my own judgment of myself because I know that if I attune to my highest self and I really dig deep into the person that I am and I show up and if I show up as that person every day, every moment, every motherfucking chance I get, I can never go wrong. Like, how can I have an anxiety of being judged when I'm literally doing the things that I was destined to do when I'm literally presenting the person that I am completely? So, y'all, please be authentic. Please, please, like, try to be real with yourself first and foremost. Don't be on the Internet. Oh, another thing that I've like seen is like across different platforms, niggas have different personalities. That shit is very weird. Like I've seen, I do have a phantom eye or I do have a phantom Snapchat. Um, so if randomly y'all see a random person on looking at y'all snaps, don't do too much investigating. It might be me. God damn. Let me just lurk. Okay. But, um, I have seen some of the people on Snapchat act completely different post completely different things that they would put on other platforms, like reveal this weird portion of their personality that entirely contradicts everything about this other part of their personality that they portrayed somewhere else. So y'all show up as yourself. Like I promise your, your spirit is going to love you for it. 
but your ancestors are gonna love you even more because nigga they created you they brought you here so trying to present as anyone other than your motherfucking self is very counterproductive because what are your dads gonna do for you if you ain't even you who are you you lost you confused so please please guys um and i won't even say please i ain't begging and pleading nobody but if y'all are going to be around me just please try your best to be just the most authentic version of yourself because it's weird out here it's real weird out here man so and that goes for a lot of things like a lot of people out here preaching wellness but nigga eating cheeseburgers on the low like motherfucking mcdonald dollar mini cheese cheeseburgers like i feel that like I feel it. I really do. Cause duality exists in everything. Um, that is also going to be an episode topic very soon. Duality does exist in everything. Um, and I know people and things are nuanced, but portraying yourself as anything other than your authentic self is very, very detrimental to your purpose. And I truly believe that you will never be fully aligned and you will never realize your purpose in this life until you are brutally motherfucking honest with yourself and until you present as yourself. Um, so, I mean, not that, I mean, not that I haven't just gave out all of my business already. However, like if I am truly, if I'm being honest, like I've had to cope with the fact that I talk a lot. I analyze a lot of shit. Once I get on a rant, like it's very, very hard for me to get off of that rant, especially if it's something that I'm positive about. So I've had to accept that part of myself. I've had to accept the fact that, nigga, I'm not skinny. Like I'll probably never see size eight again, honestly. Like, and I ain't complaining because y'all, I got ass now. The way that we cared for our animals that we ate, the way, the way that we cared for our own food and grew our own food, that is very, very important. So yeah, connecting with your ancestral foods is a way to decolonize your life. Stop believing everything these weird ass white people tell you. Stop believing all the things that have been that continuously to perpetuate medical racism. Um, yeah, just getting super, super connected with your peeps, your dead people. I'm always going to talk about these dead folks because your ancestors, because you are a manifestation of your ancestors. Like literally, we are them in the flesh. So I'm always going to take it back to that, man, um, which brings me to my next point um, or way to decolonize your life. Religion. Finding spirituality outside of religion is a way to decolonize your life. Is that saying that religion is not... It's bad. No, absolutely not. Y'all, I grew up in the church. I grew up in a Baptist church. I am a church girl. I love, if I'm not going to do nothing else, I'm going to work a Bible. Like, honestly, like I, I'm not saying that religion is bad and I'm not saying Christianity is bad. I'm not saying that any of that is bad, but I'm just saying that the systems of organized religion tend to be very capitalistic. They tend to be very opportunistic. They tend to be very condescending. They tend to be very traumatizing. 
God definitely knew what was going on. Like when I was a kid, if I was given this ass that I got now <laughs> as a teenager, I would have been even more of a hot mess than I already was. I would have been out here, out here. Um, but yeah, now I'm just lugging this thing behind me as a grown up and life is good. <laughs> okay, sorry for going off on that tangent, y'all. I really have want to ask my whole life. Like I'm very thankful, but you know, I've always... Oh, I've accepted the fact, you know, that I do not and will never have grown up with the family that I longed for. You know, I've had to fully accept, you know, that my life was not the life, you know, that I see for, that I saw for myself. It's not the life that I see for my kids ever. You know, I've had to accept that. I think I've gone a lot or I did go a lot of my life lying to myself and lying to others about my life. I've often referred to my parents as being these, these people that were active and active in my life and were helping me out. But y'all, my life is the complete opposite. So I have had to really, really cope with that. I've had to really, really live in that truth you know, and just kind of navigate as fit. You know, I've had to accept that I have a, I will never know what it's like to live my twenties without a child. I will have to accept that. I will never ever know what it's like to, um, I will never know what it's like not to have gone through certain traumas in my life during childhood, you know? Um, but I've had to, I've also had to accept that I'm a loud mouth and a lot of people, I don't rub a lot of people the right way. Like I've had to accept that my boundaries are firm as fuck. I've had to accept, you know, just, I've had to accept a lot about myself, man. But in accepting all of that about myself, I have been able to fully, fully step into a life that. I am so proud of that. I, I am so, so proud of the person that I am, have become or rather I'm so happy about the place that I have arrived to and the person that I am becoming because my nigga, like it ain't nobody in this world like me and speaking from a very authentic place. Yeah. It's just been very, very transformative for me personally to show up as my true authentic self um and yeah I just thought for this episode of OG says we talk about authenticity so OG says be authentic how damn be who you are because there's nobody in this world like you there's never gonna be anybody else in this world like you exactly not exactly like you like nigga there's maybe similarities but you are very very special and you are powerful and you are needed in this world and showing up as who you really really are is the most transformative thing that you can ever do for yourself so yeah OG says all right and to close out these podcasts um I'm going to do like an energetic forecast like an energetic climate right um and that is going to usually consist of me pulling an oracle card um or using some sort of divination to um give the collective what they 
what they need to hear or what at least spirits are telling me that they need to hear. So right now I am shuffling and I'm going to pull a card from the I am everything affirmation card deck, um, which was created by Tarisha Clark. Um, it is, oh, and it, the company is called I am and co and I believe that's where you can find them on Instagram. I do know that Tarisha Clark, her Instagram is actually private. I believe she only accepts very close friends because she only has like 30 or like 60 followers on there. But if you want to follow I am and co on Instagram, you can and then you can get information on where to find this deck. Now, I did get this deck from Amazon. Um because I wanted it to get here in time for my podcast. I've been wanting this a lot or I've been wanting this, but yeah. So to close out the show, I'm going to give an energetic forecast based on these oracle cards. I'm just centering myself right now. My spirit, I ask what I'm pulling a card on behalf of the collective and I call in spirit all my ancestors that of benevolence that are here to help guide and i ask for clear and precise messages what does the collective need to know right now what is very important and what is an affirmation rather that we can move through this week really really leaning into So I pulled the 17th card. There's 30 cards in this deck. I pulled number 17. One plus seven is eight. So, um, yeah, let's lean into the vibration of eight infinite things. Um, and the card says the affirmation is I am healthy. I honor my body and I am grateful for the work it does for me. I nourish my body through self-care. I rest when I need to rest. I eat nourishing meals when I need to eat and I exercise when I need to exercise. I am healthy. Ashe, and so it is y'all. So um, I think that is a very, very good thing to leave you with. Um, to focus on your health, focus on infinite possibilities throughout this week. And I will chat with you motherfuckers next week. Um, again, visit us on, oh, follow me on Instagram on both my personal OG Adriana, um, but also follow this podcast on Instagram where you can get all the updates, um, the IG for this or for this podcast, Organic with OG, OG Adriana is Organic with OG, um, so yeah, that's where you can find me on Instagram and I'm positive. I will be writing all this in the description of this episode. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, thank y'all for listening. If you made it all the way through, um, I am going to say a word and I want you to, or actually if you made it all the way through, write the affirmation that I just pulled on my recent somewhere on my Instagram so leave a comment on my recent posts and type I am healthy as an affirmation if you made it to the end of this episode um again like I said I just want to thank everybody for listening thank y'all for joining with me for real it means a lot if you have listened to this episode um, I would really really like to 
you know, just reach as many people I can. Um, and yeah, I'm very thankful for this opportunity. I'm thankful for breath. I'm thankful for health. I'm thankful for myself, my authentic self. I'm thankful for this food that I'm about to eat because child, I'm hungry. <laughs> so yeah, um, again, thank you for joining OG or thank you for joining me on this podcast journey. This has been Organic with OG Adriana. I am OG Adriana. And until next time, guys. All right. Bye.